Here's a message from Ken Lavica. It's the best weekend in football, and we're asking you, what are we going to be talking about on Monday following these huge four games in the NFL? And also, Stone Labanowitz, he gets to put the odds on your headlines. Stone, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up! Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. It's the Friday before the storm. It is literally, we're, we're on the precipice of what is going to be another electric weekend in sports, but more specifically in the National Football League. It's the divisional round for the NFL playoffs. This is it. This decides which four quarterbacks will have a shot at making the Super Bowl. This also decides what headlines we'll be reading on Monday morning and and watching on the lower ticker on First Take and Undisputed, whatever shows you like to watch, whatever meathead talk shows you like to tune into um, following the weekend of what's going to be an action-packed sports outing. It's a Friday. It's a beautiful Friday here on Ken Levick Alive at ESPN 106.3. It's a big teddy takeover on a Friday. That's right, two out of five days this week. Theo Dorsey in for Ken Levicka. Theo Dorsey, that of your TV screens, WPTV News Channel 5 and WFLX Fox 29. I, I also am going to be anchoring tonight as well, so you'll see me on the screens. I have a cool story where I tried out some Brazilian jiu-jitsu, actually, that I'll be airing, and and uh, I was put in some very compromising positions there. Uh, I'm a little embarrassed by how I was handled by a guy half my size, but you know what? That's, that's the game. He was a black belt. That's the game. Uh, we do have the regular uh, and also Ken Lavica's radio life partner, Stone Labanowitz, in running the boards. He'll be taking your calls. He'll also be, uh, he actually is getting a new title today, not just radio life partner, not just Friday Night Lights, but today, Stone Labanowitz, you become head odds maker. Head odds maker on Ken Lavica Live. How pumped are you for your new title? I mean, I'm super pumped, and I'm also super confident, right? I, I want callers, audience, anybody on social media, you know where to find me and Theo. We're trying to make Monday's headlines predict them, right? That's what yeah. we're trying to do. And if you call and you give a prediction, or if I, you give one and I give one, I'm going to put odds on them. Yeah. Like, how likely it is that we actually see this headline come across the ticker, like you said, on all of the shows that you tune into, whether it's television, whether it's radio. We're going to jump ahead of it. We're going to get out ahead of what they're talking about, and I'm excited to do so. It, it's a fun part of kind of the way to look at this thing, because obviously in the divisional round of the playoffs for the NFL it is, it's such an action-packed weekend. So many different things can happen. There can be so many things that spiral out of control. So many hot takes. Hot takes, headlines. They're gonna, you're going to see some ridiculous, some ridiculous tweets. I can't wait to do Twitter trash or Twitter treasure following this week. And I'll have so many options to pick from because this is where the, uh, the, the legends and the fables begin to start brewing up. Because now, again, we're entering the weekend with eight quarterbacks. It's a quarterback-driven league. It's football. Most important position in all of sports. We're entering the weekend with eight quarterbacks. Some of them are no names. Most, many of these guys are not household names. And by next weekend, we'll be down to four. And we'll know that at least one of them will be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. It is a huge deal. Huge and, uh, deal. A lot of them haven't even been paid yet. 
Yeah. So that's going to spark a lot of conversations, whether they lose in ugly fashion or win in heroic fashion, right? It, your bag, your check depends on this weekend, honestly. It, it, it's all going to boil down to what you do this weekend. And, and, and Stone, you, this discussion gets had here and there. And, and I kind of, let's just clear it up right now. Is this not the best weekend in football? I think it is. I got slayed yesterday by Ken Levicka when I said this was the biggest weekend of the season. Yeah. He argued that it was week one. And I said, ooh, it's mighty. Complete crap. It's mighty meatball of you. How do you, how can week one of the, what what do we say following every week one of the NFL season? (laughs) We didn't learn anything. We didn't learn anything. Don't overreact. It's just one week. It's just one game. If your team won by 20 points, don't read too much into it. If you lost by 20 points, don't factor too much of what you expect for the season on it. Yeah, I think that, barely matter. I think that's where the phrase got coined, right? Overreaction Monday. Yeah. That, that follows week one when Patrick Mahomes goes off for 450 yards, and then we say, oh, yeah, it's the Chiefs we got to beat to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl road goes through Arrowhead, right? We throw all, even though that's not that uh, yeah. I mean, that's much usually, of an overreaction. Yeah, yeah. But, that's you know, usually what happens. That, I mean, that, that's on. my example of overreaction Mondays typically come from week well, one results. I'll give you an overreaction Monday. You remember when after week one, the Bears were slipping, sliding into the end zone <laughs> and dancing through the rain and scoring all those touchdowns on the Niners? Uh, how did that work out, though, for the Bears season this year? Well, that was one of, I believe, three wins on the season. So, yeah, yeah it didn't mean much. And they have the number one overall pick. <laughs> That's right. Whereas three games into the year, everybody was saying, hey, do the Bears have a chance to be a playoff team? It's Justin Fitt. They're the num- they have the number one pick in the draft. So Yeah, now we're asking questions on whether or not they should keep Justin Fields. So it didn't turn yeah, out too well. Yeah, week one of the NFL season is not even top three when it comes to best weekends in football. But the division round is, and that's what we are up against this weekend. We have a huge slate of games. Uh, first and foremost, we start with my Kansas City Chiefs um, tomorrow, 4.30 at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs hosting the Jaguars coming off the bye week for the Chiefs. Nine and a half point favorite, the over-under. 52, and the Kansas City Chiefs looking prime to make another march into the AFC Championship game. Then the Saturday night nightcap is the Giants at the Eagles, an all-NFC East affair. The Eagles favored by 7.5. That's an 8-15 kickoff. In, but when I tell you, Philadelphia, 8-15 Saturday night kickoff, that is going to be a tough place to play for Daniel Jones and his cast and crew of uh, kind of misfits at their at receiver. <laughs> Sunday afternoon, three o'clock. This is the game. Can we all? This is like the game of the weekend, right? The three o'clock game Sunday afternoon. Bengals at Bills. Three and a half. It's the closest line. So it's jumped all the way up to five and a half. It's five and a half now. Okay, it's five and a half now. But it did open up at three and a half. So the Bengals at the Bills. The game that was tabbed before the regular season game as the game of the of the year. For the regular season, we didn't get to see it play out, and for good reason. Um, with what happened with Demar Hamlin, uh, thankfully the NFL did decide to stop that game. It was what seven to three in the first quarter. Yep. Um, it was it was really shaping up to be a, a shootout, and it was living up to the bill early on. But again, uh, bigger. It was a moment that you know made sense for the NFL to pause the game. They did the right thing. Now we're getting Bengals Bills again. Neither one of these teams have have lost a game in like two plus months. Uh, it it this is the game of the weekend, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think when we're predicting headlines, right, this is where we're going to start. Yeah. Because I think this is where the the national syndicates are going to start, right? Because it's Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Why would everybody not want to hear about it? Why would everybody not want to talk about it? It's the best quarterback matchup we have too. Easily. It, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's the battle for the silver medal, if you uh, ask me. 
And then <laughs> the Sunday night cap, uh, 6.30 kickoff, uh, 49ers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. This has 90s football written all over it, not just with the names of the teams that are in it, but also kind of like the play style. These are defense-first teams, two of the top five defenses in the league, two quarterbacks who are kind of like, well, on one side you got Brock Purdy who's just, you know, flying by the seat of his pants, uh, just with the best offensive play caller maybe in the NFL. And the other side you have Dak Prescott who's up and down. But one thing we do know, both of these guys are gamers. Uh, what what are we at right now with the line? I know it opened at four and a half. So that one's actually dropped down yeah. a little bit. That one's sitting, I believe, at three and a half, depending okay. on what sports book you're looking at. But three and a half, that line's come down because money's come in on the Dallas side. Okay, so there we have it. Another close line there. Cowboys at 49ers should be a great cap to the weekend. Those are the four games. So this is what we're doing today. It's, again, we're on the precipice of the NFL's divisional round, the best weekend in football, and it's not even close if you ask Stone Labanowitz or myself, Theo Dorsey. So now I will turn it to you. What is the headline that we will be looking for most on Monday morning after this weekend of football? What headline will be floating across the lower third? The graphics there on first take, and it's going to have Stephen A. debating and yelling at himself about. What are we going to see on Undisputed? What are we going to see on Get Up? What is going to be the headline that everybody's going to be talking about in the world of sports following this NFL divisional round in the playoffs? And and I've got to tell you, Stone, for me, first and foremost, it's easily going to be, can Josh Allen become the best quarterback in the NFL on Sunday? I mean, we're going to see it. it it's, it's easily going to – because this is the thing. The Bills and the Bengals are playing, obviously, this weekend, and the first hurdle for this to happen is that the Bills have to beat the Bengals. Naturally, once the Bills do beat the Bengals, the conversation is going to shift because Josh Allen has pretty much done everything in this league. Well, he hasn't won an MVP. He hasn't won a Super Bowl, but I was going to say, except beat Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. His Bills would then be taking on my Kansas City Chiefs, not at Arrowhead Stadium and not even in Buffalo, but at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So my headline coming out of this weekend is after the Bills beat the Bengals with the pride of DeMar Hamlin, who's probably going to be there and is going to make a lot of an emotional, it's going to have a huge emotional feel around this game for the Bills, especially this being the game that he did go down in. After the Bills beat the Bengals this weekend, every single headline is going to be, can Josh Allen become the best quarterback and maybe even the face of the NFL this coming weekend? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. What is your Monday morning headline coming off of this NFL divisional round and the NFL playoffs? Mine is most certainly everybody's going to be talking about, hey, Josh Allen, the guy who can throw with the best of them and maybe is the biggest running threat we have at quarterback in the NFL because on short yardage or even on scramble plays, he makes the defense play. They'll be saying that he has a chance to take the crown from Pat Mahomes the coming weekend. That's also me predicting the Chiefs beating the Jaguars, which isn't much of a stretch, right, Stone? <laughs> no, I mean, not at all. So that's that's kind of the easy part of my little two-game parlay here. Now, for those that don't know, Stone Lebanowitz is a guy that is very locked in with Vegas, right? He has a, 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 a strong connection. He picks up the phone, and he knows who to talk to to figure out the odds on some of these things and what makes sense when setting a line. So, because he's that guy, he's an expert on our side, Stone Labanowitz, who you may know from his days of throwing the football so well at Southern Illinois, and you also know from his days here, 
as a producer and the radio life partner of Ken Levicka on Ken Levicka Live. He also today becomes the head odds maker on Ken Levicka Live. I love that. For all of the headlines we'll be pouring into him. So, Stone, I got to ask you, number one, right now, what are the odds? What odds would I be able to bet up against that on Monday everybody will be saying Josh Allen has a chance to take the crown from Patrick Mahomes? I think this one's pretty easy. I think the standard line here would be minus 450, right? Okay. A little over 4-1. to one, right? Because everybody wants to talk about Josh Allen, and we're going to force Patrick Mahomes into this situation, right? Yeah. He's been there year after year after year, so it's pretty standard that they're going to bring these two guys into the same conversation. How do you do it? Right, and it's going to be coming down to a ranking. Yeah. It's going to be come down to who's better. Who would you start a franchise with? So I think 450 is what you're going to get there. I think that one's very likely. I and the thing is, me as a Chiefs fan, and obviously I am a newly minted Chiefs fan. To people that don't know my history, I did um, choose the Chiefs on signing day. I was an NFL fan free agent ahead of this season. I was born in Kansas though, so I have that very birthright to choose the Chiefs, and I punted on the Carolina Panthers, who are yet again in trouble because of. Uh, inclusion problems with their hiring process. I'm not surprised the Panthers fumble in the bag again as they look for a new head coach, whereas my Kansas City Chiefs are in a divisional round about the host of Jacksonville Jaguars. I already know, though Josh Allen just led the league in turnovers with 19 during the regular season, though he looks like he's been pumpkining out without his main man, Brian Dayball, who now has Daniel Jones at the same level, technically, in the same round sure. as Josh Allen. I think with you're allowed to Giants. do that. Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is Josh Allen might not be the guy that y'all are purporting him to be, but no matter who wins between Josh Allen and Joe Herbert or Joe Burrow, ooh, ooh that would be a nasty quarterback. <laughs> it would be a nasty quarterback. That'll if Joe could run, he'd be Joe Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but no matter the sorts, whoever wins out of that matchup, they're going to be trying to say that they're going to take the, the, crown, the crown from uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I think it's downright disrespectful, but I can already see the headlines being drawn up. Yeah, so similar to yours, let's get Ken Levickas out there, right? We asked him the same question. What is your Monday morning headline coming into this? He said, quote, Josh Allen, will he ever win a Super Bowl? Look at this. That conversation is going to come up too, right? We're all starting with Josh Allen, which, you know, after saying Ken's out loud, I think I would move your line to minus 650, right? Yeah. Add a couple hundred bucks on it. Because yeah. Josh Allen is, if they do beat the Bengals, going to be the front runner on Monday morning's headline. So will he ever win a Super Bowl? Or does he need to get past this Patrick Mahomes' kryptonite, right? Yeah. This is going to be a conversation. So there's Ken's. But for me, I think this one's pretty easy. It's going to be how much money does Jalen Hurts deserve? Mm. And it doesn't matter if he wins or loses this game. Like, that's going to be the headline. Because if he loses, now you're going to get some of the worry warts, right? They're going to be, does he deserve the $200 million that mm. we're proposing he gets? If he wins this game, we're going to be saying, does he deserve to be the highest paid quarterback in the league or up there with them? I yeah. think Jalen Hurts' contract discussions are going to be front and center Monday morning, whether it's first take, whether it's get up, whether it's here on Ken Levick Alive, whether it's Carlin and Canty, Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, whatever show you listen to on a daily basis, I think Jalen Hurts' contract is going to be front and center of discussion, honestly. That's a really, really good point. And for Jalen Hurts, who is a guy who has been doubted at every single leg and stage of his career, whether it was when he was a freshman at Alabama, whether it was when Tua Tungavailoa took the job from him and then he had to take it back to save the, the tide, and then coming into the NFL, backing up Carson Wentz, then getting the job, and then people questioning game after game whether or not he can be a starting quarterback in this league. He had an he had, well, I wouldn't call it an MVP season this year, 
right? It I w- think you should. It wasn't – well, he didn't – the problem was he wasn't able to finish it off. So he had – he was course. on his way to an MVP potential season. Um, that, that award would likely go to my guy, Patrick Mahomes, who deserves it every single year, might I add. Um, but he had that kind of a regular season, and then he gets the shoulder injury. And then he gets the shoulder injury to his throwing arm. He set out what? He hasn't played in over a month for the Eagles right now. He yep. played in week 18, but that wasn't really uh, much of a sample size. He kind of was just in there. They weren't really using him like they usually use Jalen Hurts. And now, coming off the bye week, he's got to go up against a Giants defense headed by Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, and just some true meatballs on that front line in that front seven. Oh, yeah. And it is. It's, this is going to be a test for Jalen Hurts. It's his first playoff game and he has lofty expectations around this Eagles team. We're going to we're going to find out a lot about him. We're going to find out a lot about what they value him as as well as the quarterback on the other side. Yeah, value is a big word in this conversation because this is a test, right? This New York Giants defense that you just talked about is his biggest test of the season just due to the circumstances, right? This is the biggest weekend in football. Yeah. The Giants have a lot of 2007 feel. I guess I'm hinting at another one of my Monday morning headlines Uh-oh. there. But yeah, if they lose this game and he doesn't play well, questions will be raised by guys Don't that, even, that have microphones, that have cameras in front of them. Like, does he deserve all this money that we were talking about giving him in week 12, 13, and 14? I like exactly where you were going because I've already heard these headlines bubbling up. So let's not even just skim right past it. Let's give the people another headline uh, right here with the New York football giants because I think there's one that will pertain to their quarterback – who, again, the Giants declined his fifth-year option. Daniel Jones is set for a payday as well. And there's also a question to be had for what this New York football Giants team is because if they can pull off this upset after beating the Vikings, if they're able to pull off this upset against a divisional rival on the road on Saturday night and get to the NFC Championship game, the 2007 and 2011 vibes are it's going to be hard to not see. Yeah, so the 2007 NFC Divisional playoff game was between the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. So a matchup in the NFC East, same mm. exact mm. thing. This was between Eli Manning and Tony Romo, right? Now, those names are obviously bigger than Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts, but that's for right now. That game finished 21-17 Giants on top. So, yeah, there are a lot of similarities in the run that I think these guys are on, right? They're a defensive-led team. I think... It's hard to say that for that 2007 squad, but they had guys on defense, right? We remember the Eli Mannings. We remember yeah. the Brandon Jacobs. Like, those are the names we remember. But defensively, they were a really good squad. I mean, they held this Tony Romo team to 17 points in 2007. So I think the comparisons, you're a TV guy. We're going to see plenty of packages run yeah. of similar plays between Eli Manning and Daniel Jones. So I think that's another Monday morning headline we see is how similar is this run? Does this have that 2007 magic kind of vibes, I guess you could use the word if you wanted yeah. to, to this. So I think there's another headline that we're going to be checking out for. That was the most unpredictable run that I can remember from my childhood of watching the NFL. And there's been some. No doubt. There have been some. that For them to finish it with a Super Bowl, that run led by Eli Manning of all people. Remember, he's similar to Daniel Jones already in oh, a yeah. way where the New York media and the fans of the Giants were already punting on this dude before the season even started. The Gi- that year, Giants fans had no faith at all in Eli Manning. And when this season started, there was zero faith in Daniel Jones. Remember at the beginning of the year, we were, we were 
clowning Daniel Jones, talking about his nickname because people called him Danny Dines. We were like more like Danny Dump Off. <laughs> and he's dumped off his way all the way to the divisional round. All the way. And also, you know, do you remember the Hurricanes name that was here? Was it Ian? Ian. The hurricane that touched oh, down here. Oh, it was here Hurricane West- Ian, yeah. Yeah, when it was Hurricane Ian, I remember, you know, we started off the show talking about which team is a hurricane or which team is category yeah, five categories trouble. Yeah, hurricane, yeah, yeah. And we said, oh, God, the Giants, this is a category five, category four. Whatever we said yeah. was the highest, this is that for them. Like, these guys are in trouble. Daniel Jones is not the guy. They need to find it. And here we are in January of 2023, and people have a lot of faith in the Giants. We actually put a poll out on is at ESPN West Palm on Twitter, which underdog is most likely to come out of the divisional round. The Giants actually ended up winning that poll at plus 260, which I thought was surprising, but at the same time, I think it's warranted. I think these guys are live in this game. I I think the Giants are to be rooted for. Yeah, They have a really good defense, and Daniel Jones, if he can execute and convert big downs and and execute in the red zone as well, the Giants can beat the Eagles. Saquon Barkley as well. That's that's a name that, again, he's a running back. It, maybe the draft capital that he used on him can be questioned, but what can't be questioned is his talent and his ability to make people miss. And that touchdown he had uh, against the Vikings, where it looked like just a probably a 12, 15-yard gain for any other running back, yep. he turns it into a 35-plus-yard touchdown. That's the difference that a guy like that can make um, on the football field for you. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Call in with your and it's, it's, it's your headline for Monday morning. We're going into the biggest weekend in football. In all of football, this is the weekend that you learn the most about teams. It matters a lot. These are winner-go-home games. This is the stage that decides who is one win away from going to Super Bowl Sunday, the NFL divisional round. What is your Monday morning headlines following this weekend of football? I say it's going to be... Josh Allen has a shot at taking the crown from Patrick Mahomes. Stone Labanowitz is saying, uh, which one are you going to go with? It was Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts one. Just they're going to throw that contract yeah. up there, and they're going to discuss Jaylen Hurts it worth? for hours. Yeah. How much is this cat worth? So those are two really good headlines. Let us know what your Monday morning headlines are. We're also taking them on social media. I, I do have to call out our fans right quick, Stone. If I if I may, do please it, do. Is it? We put out a tweet before the show here, and Stone crafted it very well. It says, you know, obviously, Ken Levick alive, 12 to 2 p.m., Theo Dorsey and Stone Labanowitz. It gives you the link to listen live. And then it says, verbatim, drop your predictions for ESPN's Monday morning headlines following this weekend. Drop your predictions for the Monday morning headlines following this weekend. Pretty simple instructions, right, Stone? Right. Like, it, what headline do you think you're going to see, whether you're a fan in which headline you're dreading yeah. to see or which headline you're excited to see. So it's pretty, pretty simple instructions, similar to what we're giving out right now. You tell us what headline you're excited to see after this weekend. It's a chance for you to give a prediction for this weekend and then also tell us what angle we're going to be talking about it in. It's a two-part question, but it's really kind of simple. And here go some of the responses. Uh, number one, we have from Pyrex of the Caribbean, Fly Eagles. Is that a headline, Stone? Possibly. Maybe it's a headline. But no. But not necessarily. Okay. Uh, here goes Here goes a good one. Here goes a good one from Sean Green. I, I got to give Sean Green some credit here. It says, Hurts, don't it? Giants get destroyed by my Jalen Hurts and Eagles. Hashtag fly, Eagles fly. 
Hertz Donut is right on the money. That's with New York Post. What's right? Yeah, it yeah. is. It is 100% the New York Post or whatever observer they have going on in Philadelphia. Hertz Donut, question mark, yes. money there from Sean Green. All right, so uh, we'll stick with Sean Green's right quick before we clown the rest of the ones we got on, on Twitter. And again, you can respond to that tweet if you can't call in at ESPN West Palm. You can respond to that tweet with your Monday morning headline at ESPN West Palm. So, Sean Greenstone, you're the head odds maker here. You get to decide what the odds you can put on, again, literally these headlines that our fans are coming up with. So, Sean Green says, Hurts, don't it? Giants get destroyed by my Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. What are the odds? That's the headline we're reading on Monday morning, Stone. Minus 150 there. Mm. Because I'll accept anything along the lines of Hurts Donut, right? Me and you are, are learning from the, God, I don't know how to word it, the idioms or the phrases or just the dryness that is Ken Levicka, oh, right? Yeah, how yeah, he can yeah. come up with these things so easily. Top of the dome, yeah. Top of the dome he was a beat kind writer. of stuff. He was a beat writer. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So he's even put stuff together like this, right? Hertz Donut. So if I see anything along the lines of Hertz Donut, we count it, it cashes. But I think the line set at minus 150. Not too strong, but yeah. there's still some value there. There's still some value there. The Eagles are favored to win. They're not favored to blow out the Giants. And he's saying they're going to blow them out. And also, I like the little double entendre because Jalen Hurts is entering this game fresh off the injury report. That was very well done. Hurts, don't it? Love it. Love that from Sean Green. Okay, we've got Luke Geigling. Luke Geigling uh, at Super Geigs says, the New York football giants are for real. Ooh. As far as odds on it, the New York Giants, well, first and You're foremost. You're the head odds maker, Stone the First and foremost, they're going to have to win the game. Yes, they got to win the game. But they could lose this game right on a last possession drive from Jalen Hurts, a last second field goal. Yeah. And that headline could still be true. Yeah, it could still be for real. So I'll go minus 175. I do have confidence in this one because if they cover the spread, very well have the discussion that the New York Giants are for real and we're going to have discussions about them heading into next season on if they're for real or not. I like it. I like it. Okay. Okay. That's a really good headline. Here goes a a bad headline, an example of a, a lazier headline. Um, this one comes from Ashley Sierra, who just also happens to be my fiance. She says Chiefs. She responded to our tweet, again, asking for a Monday morning headlines this following this weekend, and she just said Chiefs with an emoji. Does that suffice as a headline to you, Stone? Mm, okay, so I'm going to go plus 3,300 here. <laughs> right, so you're laying 100, and you're getting paid out. $3,300 because I don't know, you know, what show you know, when you get into this, this morning production, right? You know, yeah. we get in a little early and we discuss, you know, what we're going to say and the graphics team got to put the graphics together. I think somebody would get fired yeah. if they put on the ticker, just chiefs, chiefs, chiefs. So, so I'm going to go plus 3,300 there. I don't think that one's likely, but shout out to Ashley. Shout out to Ashley for getting involved. She's participating. It's kind of like, you know, when you, you Here's your medal. Right. You know, when, you, when you're playing five-on-five five basketball and we throw the ball to you, you're in the corner, you're wide open, you got to take the shot. 100%. We're not expecting you to make it. We're not expecting anything good to come from it. But if they're going to leave you open, you got to take the shot. She took the shot. She went with Chiefs. Um, interesting avenue there. I'll have to have a conversation with her. Uh, 888-760-3776. What is your Monday morning headline following this weekend of football in the NFL? And also you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. We got Leo in Riviera Beach. Leo is in Riviera Beach. He's on Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Leo, how you doing? 
Good, Theo and Stone. Happy Friday. Thanks for taking my call. I think I got a good one, and Theo, I think you'll like this. Chiefs send Jags Mahomes. Oh, my dog. Hold on, hold on. One more time. One more Say, time. Lay that on him again. Chiefs send Jags Mahomes. Mahomes. <laughs> I like it. That is too good. I like it. I love it, actually, Leo. All I right. love it. So you're saying the headline will be Chiefs send Jags Mahomes. Stone. Can we get some odds on that being the headline on Monday morning? So I think I'm going with even money here, plus 100. I mm. think that one's really likely, and I think that's a really good pick to give out to people. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a really smartly worded phrase of something like that. Like, they're going to, like, like, like jagging off or sending the Jags Mahomes. <laughs> whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're, 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 we're going to get a few of those. So I'm going to go plus 100 <laughs> on the Chiefs send the Jags Mahomes. Love that one, Leo. Absolutely love it. Leo. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Have Thanks a great so weekend. much for the call. Yeah, you too. Uh, Jag in off. You haven't been seeing that one? I haven't seen it. Are you serious? Jag in off. Double G I N off. Yeah, it's a big thing going around. <laughs> Maybe it's just the Twitter sphere. Okay. Right? It doesn't, it's not able to make television <clears throat> yeah, or terrestrial radio. Right. Usually not. But when they're getting wins, you know how those Duval people get. They get a little crazy. A little crazy and reckless. And I've seen that one being thrown around a lot. <laughs> Like, basically, come kickoff, you'll see a few, you know, just type it in. A lot of times on Twitter, you can go keyword search. Yeah. Just go ahead and type it in right before kickoff, and they'll say it's time to um, off, you know? So, okay. So we'll see it a few uh, times. Hey, if, if that's what they want to do, I'm not sure if that strategy will help them. We don't know what happens up there in Jacksonville. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but if we're not accepting that kind of behavior at Arrowhead Stadium, there will be none of that. I will tell you this. There is something I'm a little uh, trepidatious about, a little anxious about. There's one big stat from the Jags-Chiefs game that has me nervous, and it doesn't have to do with the players on the field. doesn't have to do with the guys on the field. This isn't a Trevor Lawrence stat. It's not about him not winning or never losing on Saturdays, and it's not a Patrick Mahomes stat, especially following last year. It is really tough for me to swallow this stat and then also be confident about what's going to happen when, uh, when, when Saturday afternoon rolls around at Arrowhead Stadium. We'll get to that and much more. But before we do that, Stone LeBanowitz, tell us a little bit about what's coming this spring to Palm Beach County. Yeah, spring training, Theo. Baseball's back. Woo! 2023 spring training at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches is right around the corner. Tickets just went on sale at noon today, actually, Theo. Come see the 2022 World Series champs, the Houston Astros, H-Town, H-Town my dog. and the Washington Nationals as they both prepare for the 2023 season. Spring training home games will include popular opponents, the New York Yankees, and the Boston Red Sox for all you snowbirds who are still hanging out down here. Get more information at ballparkpalmbeaches.com. See the best teams in baseball, including the World Series champs. They're taking the field in 2023 at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. An alarming stat, a very alarming stat from the Chiefs-Jags game that has me as a Chiefs fan, even though I'm newly minted, super concerned. That and more when we return. Plus, we're still taking your calls. What's your Monday morning headlines Coming off of NSC Divisional Round here, or NFL Divisional Round, I guess it's not really a, a, a just a conference, but here in the NFL. Again, we're taking your calls, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. For Stone Labanowitz, I'm Theo Dorsey. You're listening to ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 106.3. There's something to be said about 
kind of having a track record of of pulling off upsets. There's something to be said about being good in the underdog spot. Some people are better when they're doubted. Some people are good when coming from behind. We saw that from the Jacksonville Jaguars, not just in the regular season when they finished off with five wins to make the postseason, but we saw it in the wild card round when after Trevor Lawrence threw four first-half interceptions, the Jaguars trailed 27 to zip. Doug Peterson was unfazed. He led those guys into the locker room. If you, if you listen to Peyton Manning or Stone Lebanowitz here, one is a Hall of Fame quarterback, another one is a Not a Hall football. of Fame quarterback. Well, not ho- but you're still a quarterback. Hey, you won a playoff game in college football. I've thrown a touchdown before. Right? Peyton Manning has. You've thrown some touchdowns. Peyton Manning's thrown some touchdowns. Both of you guys agree that halftime adjustments are just, you know, they're, they're not really a thing. They're a myth. They're a myth. I, I do got to ask you, though, are you good from behind? Uh, you have to ask my fiance. Oh. I can't wait to pound those guys. <laughs> We're only 35. Are they going to call Ken Levick in and tell him to come back and grab the, the reins of his show? They're going to be like, listen, the two guys you got to host in the show are yeah. just jagging off right now. Jagging. All right, Ken, we need you in here ASAP. <laughs> I can't do this. Theo Dorsey in for Ken Levick on Ken Levick Alive. He's Stone LeBano. It's the one saying all the things that can get us both kicked out of here. And this is, yes, Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Your ears do not forsake you. And your eyes also don't forsake you if you look at this stat. And, and I got to tell you, Stone, as a Chiefs fan, um, it, first off, it's stressful being a fan of a team that's, you know, getting the one seed, having a bye week. All of the pressure is on my Kansas City Chiefs to deliver. In the first game of the divisional round, you know, what? That's don't, don't put that off. That's a huge deal. We're getting the divisional round opened up. And also, everybody's just chalking us in to win it. That's a lot of pressure on my guys. It is, right? Especially with this Jacksonville Jaguars team that's essentially playing with house money. Yes. Like they have nothing to lose. One, they shouldn't even be here. They shouldn't have even beat the Los Angeles Chargers. They shouldn't have even done that. <laughs> Almost said Las Vegas? Where were you going there? I'm not sure. It was, yeah, it was kind of a... But wait, here's... They weren't I think I almost to, went San Diego. You almost went San Diego. Because I've heard of, it a few times this week as, as people do do kind of uh, fumble that one. People there. keep doing that, yeah. But the Jags are playing with house money. Like, they very well could come in here, jump out to a lead, and this game could get real interesting. And here's the other side of that coin as well. Not only are the Jaguars hot, not only are they playing with house money and they have a young quarterback who's going to be fearless and never kind of be out of the game. We saw that what happened when he threw four picks in the first half, looked like he was out of it. The Jaguars came marching back and won it. Doug Peterson, first-year head coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he is 6-0 and against the spread and 5-1 and outright as a playoff underdog. 6-0 and against the spread, 5-1 and outright. That means he's actually won those games out of the six playoff games his team has come in as the underdog. He's won five of those games and lost one. No other coach in NFL history has as many playoff games as an underdog without an against-the-spread loss in the Super Bowl era. That's courtesy of ESPN Stats and Info. Doug Peterson, and, and most of these came with his Philadelphia Eagles and their Super Bowl run with Nick Foles, which was historic and which was great. Don't discount my man Carson Wentz like that. I mean, it was Nick Foles Nick that Foles did it. Nick Foles finished though. it off. Yeah. But who got them there? Also who played Nick like Foles. an MVP that, okay, Up fine. until like week 12, and then he was hurting, and Nick Foles took over. Fine. Yeah. We see we, the Carson went. Carson Woods had his shot already to come back he's and show had, us that he was the guy. Still. He's had his shots. Exactly. So I will discount Carson Wentz. But I'll tell you, you know what also was uh, a stat that was eerily similar to that last week? Yeah. It was Tom Brady, who was 4-0 
against the spread and straight up as an underdog in the playoffs in his career. And how'd that pan out for him? It didn't. It didn't. It didn't. So, but here's the thing. There's some, there's some kind of mystique about Doug Peterson. There's something about this Jaguars team. It's something about the how healthy they are at this stage in the season. They've got all of these young guys who are, are trying to prove themselves but also have nothing to lose. Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk. Everybody clowned the Jaguars before the season for paying Christian Kirk like $70 million and making him their top receiver. And now it looks like that Jag- Jaguars receiver core, Marvin Jones Jr., Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones, one of the best in the league, especially when you pair in Evan Ingram. Like Those are some serious weapons and Doug Peterson is a creative play caller. Yeah, and Christian Kirk, I think, is one of the biggest reasons of why the Jaguars are in the spot that they're in right now. Right? Yeah. We, we did make fun of them for how much they paid him. I think it was $40 million. And we kind of blew up, right? Talk about headlines. That yeah. was definitely a headline. Is he deserving of this money? And right now, he's proven that he is. They were ridiculed, destroyed. They, they were all kind of jokes made about them overpaying Christian Kirk. And he's proven not just to be worth the money, but maybe even... A little bit undervalued. I mean, this guy is, is Tre- Trevor Lawrence is number one. He gets open, and he's been a kind of a security blanket for Trevor Lawrence. Then you add in. So I got to ask you, as a guy that's an unbiased party, obviously I'm a Chiefs fan. Yeah. Which wide receiver core? Take the tight ends out of it. So no Travis Kelsey, no Evan Ingram. Which wide receiver core would you rather have between the Chiefs and the Jaguars? So it's not easy to answer, right, because Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence, these are the two quarterbacks that yeah. are throwing to these guys. But to be completely honest with you, I think I would still take the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Right? These guys have been in these spots before. More Christian, mature, yeah. Christian Kirk has never been here. Evan Ingram has never been here. Marvin Jones was part of the Detroit Lions organization, right? Didn't even know what winning <laughs> felt like. Oh, that was not nice. And okay. then you have a guy like Travis Kelsey and a Juju Smith-Schuster who's played with the Hall of Fame quarterback and now is playing with another Hall of Fame quarterback. So I think due to experience and these guys being comfortable in this moment that is to come on Saturday, I would go with the Kansas City Chiefs core. Okay. I like that. I like that, but yeah. it is, it, it's not as quick of an answer as you would have given before the season started. Not at yeah. all. So it's, it just goes to show, again, this is a Jaguars team that's trending upward. They have a coach who's used to coaching guys up from behind. He's used to um, you know, playing the role of underdog, and it just makes me a little trepidatious, a little nervous for my Chiefs. But you know what? That's what the divisional round is all about. you got to prove yourself. Theo Dorsey here, Stone LeBanowitz there. We're taking your calls and your tweets for your Monday morning headlines, your Monday morning headlines from the NFL's divisional round. We have the Giants at the Eagles. We have the Chiefs hosting the Jaguars. And then on Sunday, we got the Cowboys at the 49ers and the Bengals at the Bills. What are your Monday morning headlines coming out of the divisional round? For me, I say it's easily going to be Josh Allen is set to take the throne from Patrick Mahomes as the number one quarterback in the NFL. It won't happen. But you know what it has me thinking, Stone? It has me thinking about that matchup right there. If and when the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday to open up everything for the divisional round and the Buffalo Bills riding the wave of DeMar Hamlin, riding the wave of just being the preseason favorites and having all of that talent on both sides of the ball, being a top five offense and top five defense, and maybe Josh Allen learns how to stop giving the ball away to the other team, they get past the Bengals at home, that sets up a dream scenario. Dream. Is there any – so if you had to pick out literally any two teams in the NFL to go at it in a dome for a chance at a Super Bowl, is there any better combination than Chiefs and Bills 
And for those that don't know, because of how things played out at the end of the regular season with the DeMar Hamlin situation and not being able to get the seeding correct because of games played, if it is Chiefs and Bills in the AFC Championship game, this game will be played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, a neutral site, and a dome. Stone Labanowitz, former quarterback, is there any better matchup in the league? No, there's not. And if you're gearing up to fire off your takes about how it's either unfair to the Kansas City Chiefs that they're not playing this game in Arrowhead, mm. that these guys shouldn't be playing at Mercedes-Benz on a neutral site, I don't like you. Yeah. Because that means you don't like the sport of football and appreciate it for what it really should be. You're telling me that in January, when it's cold at Arrowhead, and when it's pretty damn cold uh-huh. up in Buffalo at Highmark, Rick. that we get Rick. both of the both of the number one and number two quarterbacks in the NFL, arguably, right? Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. In a dome where they get to wear short sleeves and t-shirts, essentially. Yeah. And they get to throw it around the yard with two of the most explosive offenses and overall most explosive teams left in this field of eight right now. Sign me up. Come on, man. Let's do it every year. Put these guys in a dome. I don't want to see play hindered by the cold weather. Skylar Thompson, Jalen Waddell, they were miscommunicating early in Highmark last week because it was cold. Yeah. Jalen Waddell didn't use his hands right, went to the Antonio Brown trying to use his cat, trying to use his chest to bring in a lot of these balls. Skylar Thompson was clearly affected by the weather before these guys got really going, but there's none of that. Like they're going to be warm, they're going to be ready to go. If you're telling me that we can put the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship on a neutral site, I'm all for it, right? yeah. and, and that seems somewhat unpopular from the narratives that I've seen going out on Twitter and all over social media, all of these shows, television, radio, whatever it is, that people aren't necessarily happy about this neutral side game. I'm pretty damn happy. I'm happy about it this year. I, I would I would be 100% against it the way you're saying and, and doing it every year. This is a special circumstance, right? Like, there was no decision the NFL could have made that would have been fair following the DeMar Hamlin sure. situation outside of something like this. I think they did a great job with parsing it out. They hand the Bengals the divisional championship. They give the Chiefs the one seed if they win it in the final week, which they had to go and win it. They get the bye week, but they can't just get home field as well because the Bills would have had a chance at it had they beat the Bengals. So this was a fair medium, but what I will say is there is something to being able to host a championship game with a ticket to the Super Bowl on the line, and that makes the one seed even that more valuable. Think about those times the Packers, will be able to host an NFC Championship game at Lambeau. Yes, it's cold. Yes, the conditions. But also, it's kind of like the nostalgia of it. It's like, yeah, that, that was a moment in time. All those games at Arrowhead Stadium to get to the Super Bowl. Like, it, it matters. It, it matters a lot, right? Because it is an advantage yeah. to play at home in front of your fans. But what I will say is, one, football in the South matters, right? This game's going to be played in Atlanta. And two, all of these fan bases left in the divisional round travel. The Buffalo oh, fans yeah. travel. Yeah. You're talking to two guys right now who are sitting in sunny South Florida. And that Buffalo Bills team has traveled to Hard Rock Stadium before. Oh, they before. pull up. They pull up. Oh and, and to be honest, a little deeper than Miami Dolphins fans in, in some instances. Not even close. And Not the, even in some instances. Right, Not just, even close. I just didn't want to do that. Yeah, no, I'll do it. The, right, the because, Dolphins fans, in comparison, to the, there's, no, there's no comparison to the Bills fans. At all. And, yeah. and if you don't think this Kansas City Chiefs 
fan base is going to pull up to Atlanta, yeah. you're dead wrong. Like, there's going to be a 50-50 split. I mean, maybe I would lean Buffalo, but both of these fan bases are going to show up. They're going to be happy, right, that Aunt Susie doesn't have to sit in the 32-degree weather or whatever it's going to be in Arrowhead this weekend. And they get to play in a dome in the South. Like I said, sign me up, but I do hear how important it is from you. It is very true. Yeah, because when you win that one seed, you're going to want that same prize that every one seed in the past has gotten and that's to be able to host the yes. game with a chance, with you know, with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. There's no better way to do sure. it. But this year, let's enjoy this this one time treat that we get. And again, but this is the thing for me, Stone. That's why I feel like it just has to happen, right? Like I know there's Bengals fans out there who day. There's people that love Joe Burrow and LSU connection. Him and Jamar Chase. It's fun. It's new. All of that. They'll have their chance. But I think. All of the world, especially the sports world and especially football fans, want to see Chiefs Bills in a dome with a chance at a Super Bowl appearance on the line. I hear you loud and yeah. clear. And I think for all the pessimistic, kind of negative people out there, right, when you see that these tickets are already being sold, they're being, they, they Mercedes Benz, these tickets last week, two season ticket holders, like for the, all the people out there who think the NFL's rigged, the NBA's rigged, Major yeah. League Baseball's rigged, I mean, here's your sign. I mean, take this one and run. They're already yes. selling tickets to this game in Mercedes-Benz. Like, they're saying it's a chiefs bill showdown. Now, it is only for the season ticket yep. holders, right? So you would get your money back. But still, they're offering it. Both of these teams are favored. The Chiefs almost by double digits. And that Buffalo Bills line is climbing, right? There's another sign from Vegas. When these two teams met up in, what was it, week 17 with the DeMar yep. Hamlin situation? The Bills were favored by a singular point. Just one. And here they are now. Before kickoff on a Friday, talking about minus five and a half. I mean, the Bills are favored and are supposed to win this game. Yeah. So I just think it's awfully funny. The uproar about, oh, my God, they're already selling tickets. We haven't even played this ball game yet. Take it as a sign, folks. You need to take it as a sign. And we're going to keep taking your Monday morning headlines. Here goes one from Tyler Cannon on Twitter. Giants stun the Eagles. Giants stun the Eagles. There's more to the tweet, but I don't have enough time to read it. But that's the first headline he gives off. And Stone, can you give us quick odds on Giants stun the Eagles for a Monday morning headline? All right, this one's pretty easy, Theo. Yeah. I'm going to go with the uh, Giants money line. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus 268. Yeah. I believe it's sitting at right now, and it's not going to budge, I don't think, especially with a day's notice. Not enough money's going to come pouring in on either side to move that line, per se, especially yeah. the money line. But Giants stun the Eagles. This one, though, is interesting. I want to put a line on this because in the same tweet from at Tyler underscore Cannon, DeMar Hamlin's entrance from the tunnel was all the motivation the Bills needed as they roll Cincinnati. Yeah. The line on DeMar Hamlin, either showing up at halftime, either walking out onto the field when they're announcing the player lineups, yeah. right? The starting offense and the starting defense, right? There's going to be a 12th man on defense that they're going to announce. That would be my prediction. Yeah. DeMar Hamlin's going to show his face at He'll some point, there. whether it's a pregame speech in the locker room or a postgame speech in the locker room after the win. I got to think the money line there sitting at minus 800. DeMar Hamlin is going to show face 8-1. to one. We're going to see it. It's at home. Yeah. It's the game that he was injured in, and it's a game that they need. DeMar Hamlin will be there. Uh, we're taking your calls. Monday morning headlines, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And Stone will put odds on them. And also, today is the four-year anniversary of a play that – I promise you, if you're a sports fan, you'll never be the same after watching this. And you know somebody personally in your life who will never forget this day, never forget where they were when they watched this or how they felt in the moment. They probably still have some animosity to this day. 
Again, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, your Monday morning headlines when we return on Ken Levick Alive. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is ESPN 106.3. Quick snap. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Nikel Roby Coleman delivered a hit. And the two officials talk to each other. Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints' sideline. Well, if Mikel Roby Coleman plays the ball, it's an interception. It's probably going the other way with it. I mean, the ball's on the other side of Roby Coleman, and but that should have been a penalty. And you, and John Payton is is justifiably upset. Now back to Ken Lavica live on ESPN 106.3. The year was 2019. The stage was the NFC Championship game, and the play was Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints, to Tommy Lee Lewis, wide receiver, right hash about the five-yard line, game tied at 20, under two minutes to go, third down. The ball was kind of on target. It probably would have been picked off if the if it was played correctly, and you heard that there on the Fox broadcast. Stone, you're shaking your head. You don't think so. Well, I'm, I don't know if you justified to make that call. How do you know if it would have been picked off? Because Drew Brees' ball was perfectly placed on the outside, or at least in the vicinity where, hey, that laundry should have been thrown or placed on the field. I'm just saying if 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 the B-back, um, and which was Nicole Robbie Coleman made a play on the ball. He had a chance. Like he never looked back at the ball. Never looked back at the ball. Instead, he cleared Tommy Lee Lewis in what was an obvious pass interference. Right, everybody in the sta- stadium knew it was a pass interference. In fact, Nikel Roby Coleman admitted after the game as well. <laughs> he thought a flag had got thrown. He thought the game was not called at that point, but he thought that he had committed pass interference, which would have gave the Saints the ball on the five yard line with a chance to go first and goal from the five and likely score a touchdown. Instead, no flag was called, much to the chagrin of Saints fans everywhere, not Rams fans. The Saints settle for a field goal. They go up 23-20. Rams march the field. They score a field goal as well, send it into overtime. They make another field goal, and the Rams, not the Saints, advance to the Super Bowl against the Patriots and lay an egg, which, again... Everything in the NFL <laughs> turns into whenever there's some kind of weird call, weird play, weird incident in the NFL, somehow Tom Brady ends up with a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, there's a, when it's all said and done for Tom Brady, whenever that'll be, there's going to be so many things that have happened for this guy to win a Super Bowl, right? I always say it all the time, right? It's not about your skill. It's not about your talent. It's all about timing and opportunity. And if you're in the place at the right time. Yeah. And for Tom Brady to walk into a Super Bowl against a really young Jared Goff and a oh, fresh Rams squad to a final score of what we were trying to discuss what it was. We don't like even necessarily 10-7 or something like, like that. 10-7. Yeah. It was like 3-0 at halftime. Like uh, Tom Brady getting a freebie. And this is a day after the anniversary of the Tuck Rule. So right on brand. Tuck Rule was yesterday. This today is four-year anniversary of the no call. The no call pass interference, which changed the rules in the NFL for the next year. They they then were able to review pass interference calls the next year, and then the year after that they took it back away because it was wasting too much time and it was too much judgment call stuff. So it did change the landscape of the NFL just for a few seconds, though. Yeah, and one of my favorite things about you know topics like this or even discussing moments in the NFL that we remember is, and you hinted at it before we went to the break, was we all remember where we were. Oh man, We all remember how we felt. We all remember how much money we lost on that singular play right there. 
and it, it affected us all. Like that rule was changed. We were happy that it was changed. But I think if you weren't a Drew Brees fan, there's something wrong with you personally. Like we all rooted for Drew Brees. And to see him not advance to the Super Bowl in a moment like that is yeah. devastating. The biggest crime of it all was we didn't get Drew Brees, Tom Brady exactly. in the Super Bowl. And that Saints team, and I know it's easier to say in hindsight, but I feel like that Saints team goes in there and at least puts up 20 on the Pats. Like, they're definitely not laying an egg the same way the Rams did when they got to the Saints. Yeah, they were the team with the most momentum. Drew yeah. Brees was playing some of the best ball in his career. That was prime Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Mike Thomas, Thomas was healthy. That was, oh my God. If you had Mike Thomas, Alvin Kamara, or Drew Brees in fantasy football that year, you were winning your league. 100%. That was a crazy offense that year. And if the Patriots wanted to play the same ball, not saying that they would have, right, if Drew Brees was across from Tom Brady. I yeah. always talk about teams getting up for the good ones and playing down to the bad ones. Drew Brees wins a Super Bowl. I think Drew Brees wins that Super Bowl, man. Yeah. That that was shaped up for the New Orleans Saints. They obviously had those two bad beats. That one and then the Minneapolis Minneapolis Miracle is what they called it. The yeah. big touchdown. They had some bad playoff beats, and now it's 2023, and they're not making the playoffs. You know, that's their new thing. So we'll see what happens with those New Orleans Saints. But, yeah, everybody has a Saints fan close, near, and dear to them that will never forget the pass interference. No call. Theo Dorsey in for Ken Levicka with Stone Labanowitz here, and we're taking your Monday morning headlines. We're talking about what headlines will you be seeing on Monday morning following the NFL's divisional round. We got four big games this weekend. Speaking of big games, when you want big plays made, when you want good things happening in your life, you're going to want to go to one place, and that's Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. We're taking your calls. Monday morning headlines following this round of the playoffs in the NFL. That's the big-time divisional rounds. Plus, we're also going to be talking about, again, Deion Sanders. Coach Prime does it again. Swings for the fences, and that man don't miss we do have to address that. Myself as a Canes fan and Stone Labanovitz as well, we're a little bit hurt. Carmine McClain headed to Boulder. That and more when we return on Ken Levick Alive. Ken's out. FAU basketball keeps winning, but we're in. We'll see you in the second hour on ESPN 106.3. Tell us a little bit about what's coming this spring to Palm Beach County. Yeah, spring training, Theo. Baseball's back. Woo! 2023 spring training at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches is right around the corner Tickets just went on sale at noon today, actually, Theo. Come see the 2022 World Series champs, the Houston Astros, H-Town, H-Town my dog. and the Washington Nationals as they both prepare for the 2023 season. Spring training home games will include popular opponents, the New York Yankees, and the Boston Red Sox for all you snowbirds who are still hanging out down here. Get more information at ballparkpalmbeaches.com. See the best teams in baseball, including the World Series champs. They're taking the field in 2023 at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. An alarming stat, a very alarming stat from the Chiefs-Jags game that has me as a Chiefs fan, even though I'm newly minted, super concerned. That and more when we return. Plus, we're still taking your calls. What's your Monday morning headlines coming off of NFC Divisional Round here, our NFL divisional round, I guess it's not really a 
uh, just the conference, but here in the NFL. Again, we're taking your calls, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. For Stone Labanowitz, I'm Theo Dorsey. You're listening to ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. There's something to be said about kind of having a track record of, of pulling off upsets. There's something to be said about being good in the underdog spot. Some people are better when they're doubted. Some people are good when coming from behind. We saw that from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not just in the regular season when they finished off with five wins to make the postseason, but we saw it in the wild card round when after Trevor Lawrence threw four first half interceptions, the Jaguars trailed 27 to zip. Doug Peterson was unfazed. He led those guys into the locker room. If you if you listen to Peyton Manning or Stone Lebanowitz here, one is a Hall of Fame quarterback, another one is a not a Hall football. of Fame quarterback. Well, not, but you're still a hey. You want a playoff game in college football. I've thrown a touchdown before, right? You've, Peyton Manning has. You've thrown some touchdowns. Peyton Manning's thrown some touchdowns. Both of you guys agree that halftime adjustments are just, you know, they're, they're not really a thing. They're a myth. They're a myth. I, I do got to ask you, though. Are you good from behind? Uh, you have to ask my fiance. Oh. I can't wait to pound those guys. <laughs> We're only 35. Are they going to call Ken Levick in and tell him to come back and grab the, the reins of his show? They're going to be like, listen, the two guys you got hosting the show are yeah. just jagging off right now. Jagging. All right, Ken, we need you in here ASAP. <laughs> I can't do this. Theo Dorsey in for Ken Levick on Ken Levick Alive. He's Stone Labanowitz, the one saying all the things that can get us both kicked out of here. And this is, yes, Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Your ears do not forsake you. And your eyes also don't forsake you if you look at this stat. And, and I got to tell you, Stone, as a Chiefs fan, um, it, first off, it's stressful being the fan of a team that's, you know, getting the one seed, having a bye week. All of the pressure is on my Kansas City Chiefs to deliver. In the first game of the divisional round, you know, what, that's, don't, don't put that off. That's a huge deal. We're getting the divisional round opened up. And also, everybody's just chalking us in to win it. That's a lot of pressure on my guys. It is, right? Especially with this Jacksonville Jaguars team that's essentially playing with house money. Yes. Like, they have nothing to lose. One, they shouldn't even be here. They shouldn't have even beat the Los Angeles Chargers. They shouldn't have even done that. <laughs> Almost said Las Vegas? Where were you going there? I'm not sure. It was, yeah, it was kind of a... But wait, here's... They weren't I think I almost to, went to San Diego. You almost went to San Diego. Because I've heard of, it a few times this week as, as people do, do kind of uh, fumble that one. People there. keep doing that, yeah. But the Jags are playing with house money. Like, they very well could come in here, jump out to a lead, and this game could get real interesting. And here's the other side of that coin as well. Not only are the Jaguars hot, not only are they playing with house money and they have a young quarterback who's going to be fearless and never kind of be out of the game. We saw that what happened when he threw four picks in the first half, looked like he was out of it. The Jaguars came marching back and won it. Doug Peterson, first-year head coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he is 6-0 and against the spread and 5-1 and outright as a playoff underdog. 6-0 and against the spread, 5-1 and outright. That means he's actually won those games out of the six playoff games his team has come in as the underdog. He's won five of those games and lost one. No other coach in NFL history has as many playoff games as an underdog without an against-the-spread loss in the Super Bowl era. That's courtesy of ESPN Stats and Info. Doug Peterson, and, and most of these came with his Philadelphia Eagles and their Super Bowl run with Nick Foles, which was historic and which was great. 
Don't discount my man Carson Wentz like that. I mean, it was Nick Foles. Nick that Foles did it, finished though. it off. Yeah, but who got them there? Also, who played Nick like Foles. an MVP? That okay, up fine. until like week twelve, and then he was hurt, and then Nick Foles took over. Fine. Yeah, we see we, the Carson went. Carson Wentz had his shot already to come back he's and show had, us that he was the guy. Still. He's had his shots exactly. So I will discount Carson Wentz. But I'll tell you, you know what? Also, was uh, a stat that was eerily similar to that last week. Yeah, it was Tom Brady who was four zero. Against the spread and straight up as an underdog in the playoffs in his career. And how'd that pan out for him? It didn't. It didn't. It didn't. So, but here's the thing. There's some, there's some kind of mystique about Doug Peterson. There's something about this Jaguars team. It's something about the, how healthy they are at this stage in the season. They've got all of these young guys who are, are trying to prove themselves but also have nothing to lose. Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk. Everybody clowned the Jaguars before the season for paying Christian Kirk like $70 million and making him their top receiver. And now it looks like that Jaguars receiver core, Marvin Jones Jr., Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones, one of the best in the league, especially when you pair in Evan Ingram. Like, those are some serious weapons, and Doug Peterson is a creative play call. Yeah, and Christian Kirk, I think, is one of the biggest reasons of why the Jaguars are in the spot that they're in right now. Right? Yeah. We, we did make fun of them for how much they paid him. I think it was $40 million, and we kind of blew up, right? Talk about headlines. That yeah. was definitely a headline. Is he deserving of this money? And right now, he's proven that he is. They were ridiculed, destroyed. They, they were all kind of jokes made about them overpaying Christian Kirk, and he's proven not just to be worth the money, but maybe even a little bit undervalued. I mean, this guy is, is Tre- Trevor Lawrence is number one. He gets open, and he's been a kind of a security blanket for Trevor Lawrence. Then you add in. So I got to ask you, as a guy that's an unbiased party, obviously I'm a Chiefs fan. Yeah. Which wide receiver core? Take the tight ends out of it. So no Travis Kelsey, no Evan Ingram. Which wide receiver core would you rather have between the Chiefs and the Jaguars? So it's not easy to answer, right? Because Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence, these are the two quarterbacks that are yeah. throwing to these guys. But to be completely honest with you, I think I would still take the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Right? These guys have been in these spots before. More Christian, mature. Yeah. Christian Kirk has never been here. Evan Ingram has never been here. Marvin Jones was part of the Detroit Lions organization, right? Didn't even know what winning felt like. <laughs> oh, that was not nice. And okay. then you have a guy like Travis Kelsey and a Juju Smith-Schuster who's played with the Hall of Fame quarterback and now is playing with another Hall of Fame quarterback. So I think due to experience and these guys being comfortable in this moment that is to come on Saturday, I would go with the Kansas City Chiefs core. Okay. I like that. I like that. But yeah. it is, it, it's not as quick of an answer as you would have given before the season started. Not at yeah. all. So it's it just goes to show, again, this is a Jaguars team that's trending upward. They have a coach who's used to coaching guys up from behind. He's used to um, you know, playing the role of underdog, and it just makes me a little trepidatious, a little nervous for my Chiefs. But you know what? That's what the divisional round is all about. you got to prove yourself. Theo Dorsey here, Stone LeBanowitz there. We're taking your calls and your tweets for your Monday morning headlines. Your Monday morning headlines from the NFL's divisional round. We have the Giants at the Eagles. We have the Chiefs hosting the Jaguars. And then on Sunday, we got the Cowboys at the 49ers and the Bengals at the Bills. What are your Monday morning headlines coming out of the divisional round? For me, I say it's easily going to be Josh Allen is set to take the throne from Patrick Mahomes as the number one quarterback in the NFL. It won't happen, but you know what it has me thinking, Stone? It has me thinking about that matchup right there. If and when the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday to open up everything for the divisional round and the Buffalo Bills riding the wave of DeMar Hamlin, 
riding the wave of just being the preseason favorites and having all of that talent on both sides of the ball, being a top five offense and top five defense, and maybe Josh Allen learns how to stop giving the ball away to the other team, they get past the Bengals at home. That sets up a dream scenario. Dream. Is there any – so if you had to pick out literally any two teams in the NFL to go at it in a dome for a chance at a Super Bowl – is there any better combination than Chiefs and Bills? And for those that don't know, because of how things played out at the end of the regular season with the DeMar Hamlin situation and not being able to get the seating correct because of games played, if it is Chiefs and Bills in the AFC Championship game, this game will be played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, a neutral site, and a dome. Stone Labanowitz, former quarterback, is there any better matchup in the league? No, there's not. And if you're gearing up, to fire off your takes about how it's either unfair to the Kansas City Chiefs that they're not playing this game in Arrowhead, mm. that these guys shouldn't be playing at Mercedes-Benz on a neutral site, I don't like you. Yeah. Because that means you don't like the sport of football and appreciate it for what it really should be. You're telling me that in January, when it's cold at Arrowhead, and when it's pretty damn cold uh-huh. up in Buffalo at Highmark. Rick. That we get Rick. both of the both of the number one and number two quarterbacks in the NFL, arguably, right? Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. In a dome where they get to wear short sleeves and t-shirts, essentially. Yeah. And they get to throw it around the yard with two of the most explosive offenses and overall most explosive teams left in this field of eight right now. Sign me up. Come on, man. Let's do it every year. Put these guys in a dome. I don't want to see play hindered by the cold weather. Skylar Thompson, Jalen Waddell, they were miscommunicating early in Highmark last week because it was cold. Yeah. Jalen Waddell didn't use his hands right, went to the Antonio Brown trying to use his cat, trying to use his chest to bring in a lot of these balls. Skylar Thompson was clearly affected by the weather before these guys got really going, but there's none of that. Like they're going to be warm, they're going to be ready to go. If you're telling me that we can put the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship on a neutral site, I'm all for it, right? yeah. and, and that seems somewhat unpopular from the narratives that I've seen going out on Twitter and all over social media, all of these shows, television, radio, whatever it is, that people aren't necessarily happy about this neutral side game. I'm pretty damn happy. I'm happy about it this year. I, I, would, I would be 100% against it the way you're saying and, and doing it every year. This is a special circumstance, right? Like, there was no decision the NFL could have made that would have been fair following the DeMar Hamlin sure. situation outside of something like this. I think they did a great job with parsing it out. They hand the Bengals the divisional championship. They give the Chiefs the one seed if they win it in the final week, which they had to go and win it. They get the bye week, but they can't just get home field as well because the Bills would have had a chance at it had they beat the Bengals. So this was a fair medium, but what I will say is there is something to being able to host a championship game with a ticket to the Super Bowl on the line, and that makes the one seed even that more valuable. Think about those times the Packers, will be able to host an NFC Championship game at Lambeau. Yes, it's cold. Yes, the conditions. But also, it's kind of like the nostalgia of it. It's like, yeah, that, that was a moment in time. All those games at Arrowhead Stadium to get to the Super Bowl. Like, it, it matters. It, it matters a lot, right? Because it is an advantage yeah. to play at home in front of your fans. But what I will say is, one, football in the South matters, right? This game's going to be played in Atlanta. And two, all of these fan bases left in the divisional round travel. The Buffalo oh, fans yeah. travel. Yeah. You're talking to two guys right now who are sitting in sunny South Florida. And that Buffalo Bills team has traveled to Hard Rock Stadium oh, they before. they pull up. They pull up. Oh and, and to be honest, a little deeper than Miami Dolphins fans in, in some instances. Not even close. 
And not the, even in some instances. Right. Not just, even close. I just didn't want to do that. Yeah, no, I'll do it. The, right, the because, Dolphins fans, in comparison to there's no there's no comparison to the Bills fans. At all. And yeah. if you don't think this Kansas City Chiefs fan base is going to pull up to Atlanta, yeah. you're dead wrong. Like there's going to be a 50-50 split. I mean, maybe I would lean Buffalo, but both of these fan bases are going to show up. They're going to be happy, right? That Aunt Susie doesn't have to sit in the 32 degree weather or whatever it's going to be in Arrowhead this weekend. And they get to play in a dome in the South. Like I said, sign me up, but I do hear how important it is from you. It is very true. Yeah, because when you win that one seed, you're going to want that same prize that every one seed in the past has gotten. And that's to be able to host yes. the game with a chance, with you know, with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. There's no better way to do sure. it. But this year, let's enjoy this this one-time treat that we get. And again, but this is the thing for me, Stone. That's why I feel like it just has to happen, right? Like, I know there's Bengals fans out there who day. There's people that love Joe Burrow and LSU connection, him and Jamar Chase. It's fun. It's new. All of that. They'll have their chance. But I think... All of the world, especially the sports world and especially football fans, want to see Chiefs Bills in a dome with a chance at a Super Bowl appearance on the line. I hear you loud and yeah. clear. And I think for all the pessimistic, kind of negative people out there, right? When you see that these tickets are already being sold, they're being they, in they started selling Benz, these tickets last week to season ticket holders. Like for the, all those people out there who think the NFL is rigged, the NBA is rigged, Major yeah. League Baseball is rigged. I mean, here's your sign. I mean, take this one and run. They're already yes. selling tickets to this game in Mercedes-Benz. Like, they're saying it's a Chiefs-Bills showdown. Now, it is only for the season ticket yep. holders, right? So you would get your money back. But still, they're offering it. Both of these teams are favored. The Chiefs almost by double digits. And that Buffalo Bills line is climbing, right? There's another sign from Vegas. When these two teams met up in, what was it, week 17 with the DeMar yep. Hamlin situation? The Bills were favored by a singular point. Just one. And here they are now. Before kickoff on a Friday, talking about minus five and a half. I mean, the Bills are favored and are supposed to win this game. Yeah. So I just think it's awfully funny, the uproar about, oh, my God, they're already selling tickets. We haven't even played this ball game yet. Take it as a sign, folks. You need to take it as a sign, and we're going to keep taking your Monday morning headlines. Here goes one from Tyler Cannon on Twitter. Giants stun the Eagles. Giants stun the Eagles. There's more to the tweet, but I don't have enough time to read it. But that's the first headline he gives off. And Stone, can you give us quick odds on Giants stun the Eagles for a Monday morning headline? All right, this one's pretty easy, Theo. Yeah. I'm going to go with the uh, Giants money line. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus 268. Yeah. I believe it's sitting at right now, and it's not going to budge, I don't think, especially with a day's notice. Not enough money's going to come pouring in on either side to move that line, per se, especially yeah. the money line. But Giants stun the Eagles. This one, though, is interesting. I want to put a line on this because in the same tweet from at Tyler underscore Cannon, DeMar Hamlin's entrance from the tunnel was all the motivation the Bills needed as they roll Cincinnati. Yeah. The line on DeMar Hamlin, either showing up at halftime, either walking out onto the field when they're announcing the player lineups, right? The starting offense and the starting defense, right? There's going to be a 12th man on defense that they're going to announce. That would be my prediction. DeMar Hamlin's going to show his face at some point, whether it's a pregame speech in the locker room or a postgame speech in the locker room after the win. I got to think the money line there sitting at minus 800. DeMar Hamlin is going to show face 8-1. to one. We're going to see it. It's at home. Yeah. It's the game that he was injured in, and it's a game that they need. DeMar Hamlin will be there. Uh, we're taking your calls. Monday morning headlines, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And Stone will put odds on them. And also, today is the four-year anniversary of a play that – I promise you, if you're a sports fan, 
You'll never be the same after watching this. And you know somebody personally in your life who will never forget this day, never forget where they were when they watched this or how they felt in the moment. They probably still have some animosity to this day. Again, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, your Monday morning headlines when we return on Ken LeVick Alive. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is ESPN 106.3. Quick snap. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Nikel Roby Coleman delivered a hit. And the two officials talk to each other. Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints' sideline. Well, if Mikel Roby Coleman plays the ball, it's an interception. It's probably going the other way with it. I mean, the ball's on the other side of Roby Coleman, and but that should have been a penalty. And you, and John Payton is is justifiably upset. Now back to Ken Lavica live on ESPN 106.3. The year was 2019. The stage was the NFC Championship game, and the play was Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints, to Tommy Lee Lewis, wide receiver, right hash about the five-yard line, game tied at 20, under two minutes to go, third down. The ball was kind of on target. It probably would have been picked off if the if it was played correctly, and you heard that there on the Fox broadcast. Stone, you're shaking your head. You don't think so. Well, I'm, I don't know if you're justified to make that call. How do you know if it would have been picked off? Was it Drew Brees' ball was perfectly placed on the outside, or at least in the vicinity where, hey, that laundry should have been thrown or placed on the field. I'm just saying if 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 the D-back, um, and which was Nicole, Robbie Coleman made a play on the ball. He had a chance. Like he never looked back at the ball. Never looked back at the ball. Instead, he cleared Tommy Lee Lewis in what was an obvious pass interference. Right, everybody in the sta- stadium knew it was a pass interference. In fact, Nikel Roby Coleman admitted after the game as well. <laughs> he thought a flag had got thrown. He thought the game was not called at that point, but he thought that he had committed pass interference, which would have gave the Saints the ball on the five yard line with a chance to go first and goal from the five and likely score a touchdown. Instead, no flag was called. Much to the chagrin of Saints fans everywhere, not Rams fans, the Saints settle for a field goal. They go up 23-20. Rams march the field. They score a field goal as well, send it in the overtime. They make another field goal, and the Rams, not the Saints, advance to the Super Bowl against the Patriots and lay an egg, which, again, Everything in the NFL <laughs> turns into whenever there's some kind of weird call, weird play, weird incident in the NFL, somehow Tom Brady ends up with a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, there's a, when it's all said and done for Tom Brady, whenever that'll be, there's going to be so many things that have happened for this guy to win a Super Bowl, right? I always say it all the time, right? It's not about your skill. It's not about your talent. It's all about timing and opportunity. And if you're in the place at the right time. Yeah. And for Tom Brady to walk into a Super Bowl against a really young Jared Goff in a oh, fresh Ram squad to a final score of what we were trying to discuss what it was. We don't like even necessarily 10-7 or like something 10-7 like that. 10 7. It was like 3 0 at halftime. Like uh. Tom Brady getting a freebie. And this is a day after the anniversary of the Tuck Rule. So right on brand. Tuck Rule was yesterday. This today is four year anniversary of the no call, the no call pass interference, which changed. The rules in the NFL for the next year. They they then were able to review pass interference calls the next year, and then the year after that they took it back away because it was wasting too much time and there was too much judgment call stuff. So it did change the landscape of the NFL just for a few seconds, though. Yeah, and one of my favorite things about you know topics like this or even discussing 
moments in the NFL that we remember is, and you hinted at it before we went to the break, was we all remember where we were. Oh, man. We all remember how we felt. We all remember how much money we lost on that singular play right there. And it, it affected us all. Like, that rule was changed. We were happy that it was changed. But I think if you weren't a Drew Brees fan, there's something wrong with you personally. Like, we all rooted for Drew Brees. And to see him not advance to the Super Bowl in a moment like that is yeah. devastating. The biggest crime of it all was we didn't get Drew Brees, Tom Brady exactly. in the Super Bowl. And that Saints team, and I, and I know it's easier to say in hindsight, but I feel like that Saints team goes in there and at least puts up 20 on the Pats. Like, they're definitely not laying an egg the same way the Rams did when they got to the stage. Yeah, they were the team with the most momentum. Drew yeah. Brees was playing some of the best ball in his career. That was prime Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Mike Michael Thomas, Thomas. was healthy. That was, oh my God. If you had Mike Thomas, Alvin Kamara, or Drew Brees in fantasy football that year, you were winning your league. 100%. That was a crazy offense that year. And if the Patriots wanted to play the same ball, not saying that they would have, right, if Drew Brees was across from Tom Brady. I always yeah. talk about teams getting up for the good ones and playing down to the bad ones. Drew Brees wins a Super Bowl. I think Drew Brees wins that Super Bowl, man. Yeah. That, that was shaped up for the New Orleans Saints. They obviously had those two bad beats, that one and then the Minneapolis Minneapolis Miracle is what they called it, the yeah. big touchdown. They had some bad playoff beats, and now it's 2023, and they're not making the playoffs. You know, that's their new thing. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with those New Orleans Saints. But, yeah, everybody has a Saints fan close, near, and dear to them that will never forget the pass interference. No call. Theo Dorsey in for Ken Levicka with Stone Labanowitz here, and we're taking your Monday morning headlines we're talking about what headlines will you be seeing on monday morning following the nfl's divisional round we got four big games this weekend speaking of big games when you want big plays made when you want good things happening in your life you're going to want to go to one place and that's baptist health orthopedic care are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and need to see an expert in the field Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. We're taking your calls. Monday morning headlines following this round of the playoffs in the NFL. That's the big-time divisional rounds. Plus, we're also going to be talking about, again, Deion Sanders. Coach Prime does it again. Swings for the fences, and that man don't miss we do have to address that. Myself as a Canes fan and Stone Labanovitz as well, we're a little bit hurt. Carmine McClain headed to Boulder. That and more when we return on Ken Levick Alive. Ken's out. FAU basketball keeps winning, but we're in. We'll see you in the second hour on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. There's something to be said about kind of having a track record of, of pulling off upsets. There's something to be said about being good in the underdog spot. Some people are better when they're doubted. Some people are good when coming from behind. We saw that from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not just in the regular season when they finished off with five wins to make the postseason, but we saw it in the wild card round when after Trevor Lawrence threw four first half interceptions, the Jaguars trailed 27 to zip. Doug Peterson was unfazed. 
He led those guys into the locker room. If you if you listen to Peyton Manning or Stone Lebanowitz here, one is a Hall of Fame quarterback, another one is a not a Hall football. of Fame quarterback. Well, not, but you're still a hey. You want a playoff game in college football. I've thrown a touchdown before, right? You've, Peyton Manning has. You've thrown some touchdowns. Peyton Manning's thrown some touchdowns. Both of you guys agree that halftime adjustments are just, you know, they're, they're not really a thing. They're a myth. They're a myth. I, I do got to ask you, though. Are you good from behind? Uh, you have to ask my fiance. Oh. I can't wait to pound those guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're only 35. Are they going to call Ken Levick in and tell him to come back and grab the, the reins of his show? They're going to be like, listen, the two guys you got hosting the show are yeah. just jagging off right now. Jagging. All right, Ken, we need you in here ASAP. I can't do this. Theo Dorsey in for Ken Levicka on Ken Levicka Live. He's Stone Labanowitz, the one saying all the things that can get us both kicked out of here. And this is, yes, Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Your ears do not forsake you. And your eyes also don't forsake you if you look at this stat. And, and I got to tell you, Stone, as a Chiefs fan, um, it, first off, it's stressful being the fan of a team that's, you know, getting the one seed, having a bye week. All of the pressure is on my Kansas City Chiefs to deliver in the first game of the divisional round. You know what? That's don't don't put that off. That's a huge deal. We're getting the divisional round opened up, and also everybody's just chalking us in to win it. That's a lot of pressure on my guys. It is right, especially with this Jacksonville Jaguars team that's essentially playing with house money. Yes, like they have nothing to lose. One, they shouldn't even be here. They shouldn't have even beat the Los Angeles Chargers. They shouldn't have even done that. <laughs> almost said Las Vegas. Where were you going there? I'm not sure. It was yeah. It was kind of a but. Wait, here's they weren't. I think I almost to, went San Diego. You almost went San Diego. Because I've heard of, it a few times this week as, as people do do kind of uh, fumble that one. People there. keep doing that, yeah. But the Jags are playing with house money. Like, they very well could come in here, jump out to a lead, and this game could get real interesting. And here's the other side of that coin as well. Not only are the Jaguars hot, not only are they playing with house money and they have a young quarterback who's going to be fearless and never kind of be out of the game. We saw that what happened when he threw four picks in the first half, looked like he was out of it. The Jaguars came marching back and won it. Doug Peterson. First-year head coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is 6-0 against the spread and 5-1 and outright as a playoff underdog. 6-0 and against the spread, 5-1 and outright. That means he's actually won those games. Out of the six playoff games, his team has come in as the underdog. He's won five of those games and lost one. No other coach in NFL history has as many playoff games as an underdog without an against-the-spread loss in the Super Bowl era. That's courtesy of ESPN Stats and Info. Doug Peterson, and, and most of these came with his Philadelphia Eagles and their Super Bowl run with Nick Foles, which was historic and which was great. Don't discount my man Carson Wentz like that. I mean, it was Nick Foles Nick that Foles did it. Nick Foles finished though. it off. Yeah. But who got them there? Also who played Nick like Foles. an MVP? That okay, Up fine. until like week 12, and then he was hurting, and Nick Foles took over. Fine. Yeah. We see we, the Carson went Carson Woods had his shot already to come back and he's show had, us that he was the guy. Still. He's had his shots. Exactly. So I will discount Carson Wentz. But I'll tell you, you know what also was uh, a stat that was eerily similar to that last week? Yeah. It was Tom Brady, who was 4-0 against the spread and straight up as an underdog in the playoffs in his career. And how'd that pan out for him? It didn't. It didn't. It didn't. So, but here's the thing. There's some there's some kind of mystique about Doug Peterson. There's something about this Jaguars team. It's something about the how healthy they are at this stage in the season. They've got all of these young guys who are, are trying to prove themselves but also have nothing to lose. Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk. Everybody clowned the Jaguars before the season 
for paying Christian Kirk like $70 million and making him their top receiver. And now it looks like that Jaguars receiver core, Marvin Jones Jr., Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones, one of the best in the league, especially when you pair in Evan Ingram. Like, those are some serious weapons and Doug Peterson is a creative play call. Yeah, and Christian Kirk, I think, is one of the biggest reasons of why the Jaguars are in the spot that they're in right now. Right? Yeah. We, we did make fun of them for how much they paid him. I think it was $40 million. And we kind of blew up, right? Talk about headlines. That yeah. was definitely a headline. Is he deserving of this money? And right now, he's proven that he is. They were ridiculed, destroyed. They, they were all kind of jokes made about them overpaying Christian Kirk. And he's proven not just to be worth the money, but maybe even... A little bit undervalued. I mean, this guy is, is Tre- Trevor Lawrence is number one. He gets open, and he's been a kind of a security blanket for Trevor Lawrence. Then you add in. So I got to ask you, as a guy that's an unbiased party, obviously I'm a Chiefs fan. Yeah. Which wide receiver core? Take the tight ends out of it. So no Travis Kelsey, no Evan Ingram. Which wide receiver core would you rather have between the Chiefs and the Jaguars? So it's not easy to answer, right, because Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence, these are the two quarterbacks that yeah. are throwing to these guys. But to be completely honest with you, I think I would still take the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Right? These guys have been in these spots before. More mature, yeah. Christian Kirk has never been here. Evan Ingram has never been here. Marvin Jones was part of the Detroit Lions organization, right? Didn't even know what winning (laughs) felt like. Oh, that was not nice. And then you have a guy like Travis Kelsey and a Juju Smith-Schuster who's played with the Hall of Fame quarterback and now is playing with another Hall of Fame quarterback. So I think... Due to experience and these guys being comfortable in this moment that is to come on Saturday, I would go with the Kansas City Chiefs core. Okay. I like that. I like that. But yeah. it is, it, it's not as quick of an answer as you would have given before the season started. Not at yeah. all. So it's it just goes to show, again, this is a Jaguars team that's trending upward. They have a coach who's used to coaching guys up from behind. He's used to um, you know, playing the role of underdog. And it just makes me a little trepidatious, a little nervous for my Chiefs. But you know what? That's what the divisional round is all about. you got to prove yourself. Theo Dorsey here, Stone Labanowitz there. We're taking your calls and your tweets for your Monday morning headlines, your Monday morning headlines from the NFL's divisional round. We have the Giants at the Eagles. We have the Chiefs hosting the Jaguars. And then on Sunday, we got the Cowboys at the 49ers and the Bengals at the Bills. What are your Monday morning headlines coming out of the divisional round. For me, I say it's easily going to be Josh Allen is set to take the throne from Patrick Mahomes as the number one quarterback in the NFL. It won't happen, but you know what it has me thinking, Stone? It has me thinking about that matchup right there. If and when the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday to open up everything for the divisional round and the Buffalo Bills riding the wave of DeMar Hamlin, riding the wave of just being the preseason favorites and having all of that talent on both sides of the ball, being a top five offense and top five defense, and maybe Josh Allen learns how to stop giving the ball away to the other team, they get past the Bengals at home. That sets up a dream scenario. Dream. Is there any – so if you had to pick out literally any two teams in the NFL to go at it in a dome for a chance at a Super Bowl – is there any better combination than Chiefs and Bills? And for those that don't know, because of how things played out at the end of the regular season with the DeMar Hamlin situation and not being able to get the seating correct because of games played, if it is Chiefs and Bills in the AFC Championship game, this game will be played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, a neutral site, and a dome. Stone Labanowitz, former quarterback, is there any better matchup in the league? No, there's not. And if you're gearing up, to fire off your takes about how it's either unfair 
to the Kansas City Chiefs that they're not playing this game in Arrowhead, mm. that these guys shouldn't be playing at Mercedes-Benz on a neutral site, I don't like you. Yeah. Because that means you don't like the sport of football and appreciate it for what it really should be. You're telling me that in January, when it's cold at Arrowhead, and when it's pretty damn cold uh-huh. up in Buffalo at Highmark, Brick. that we get Brick. both of the both of the number one and number two quarterbacks in the NFL, arguably, right? Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. In a dome where they get to wear short sleeves and t-shirts, essentially. Yeah. And they get to throw it around the yard with two of the most explosive offenses and overall most explosive teams left in this field of eight right now. Sign me up. Come on, man. Let's do it every year. Put these guys in a dome. I don't want to see play hindered by the cold weather. Skylar Thompson, Jalen Waddell, they were miscommunicating early in Highmark last week because it was cold. Yeah. Jalen Waddell didn't use his hands right, went to the Antonio Brown trying to use his cat, trying to use his chest to bring in a lot of these balls. Skylar Thompson was clearly affected by the weather before these guys got really going, but there's none of that. Like they're going to be warm, they're going to be ready to go. If you're telling me that we can put the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship on a neutral site, I'm all for it. And and that seems somewhat unpopular from the narratives that I've seen going out on Twitter and all over social media, all of these shows, television, radio, whatever it is, that people aren't necessarily happy about this neutral site game. I'm pretty damn happy. I'm happy about it this year. I would would be 100% against it the way you're saying and, and doing it every year. This is a special circumstance, right? Like, there was no decision the NFL could have made that would have been fair following the DeMar Hamlin sure. situation outside of something like this. I think they did a great job with parsing it out. They hand the Bengals the divisional championship. They give the Chiefs the one seed if they win it in the final week, which they had to go and win it. They get the bye week, but they can't just get home field as well because the Bills would have had a chance at it had they beat the Bengals. So this was a fair medium, but what I will say is there is something to being able to host a championship game with a ticket to the Super Bowl on the line. And that makes the one seed even that more valuable. Think about those times the Packers will be able to host an NFC championship game at Lambeau. Yes, it's cold. Yes, the conditions. But also, it's kind of like the nostalgia of it. It's like, yeah, that, that was a moment in time. All those games at Arrowhead Stadium to get to the Super Bowl. Like, it, it matters. It, it matters a lot, right? Because it is an advantage yeah. to play at home in front of your fans. But what I will say is one, football in the South matters, right? This game's going to be played in Atlanta. And two, all of these fan bases left in the divisional round travel. The Buffalo oh, fans yeah. travel. Yeah. You're talking to two guys right now who are sitting in sunny South Florida. And that Buffalo Bills team has traveled to Hard Rock Stadium oh, they before. they pull up. They pull up. Oh, and, and to be honest, a little deeper than Miami Dolphins fans in, in some instances. Not even close. And Not the, even in some instances. Right, Not just, even close. I just didn't want to do that. Yeah, no, I'll do it. The, right, the because, Dolphins fans... And compared to the, there's no, there's no comparison to the Bills fans. at all. And yeah. if you don't think this Kansas City Chiefs fan base is going to pull up to Atlanta, yeah. you're dead wrong. Like there's going to be a 50-50 split. I mean, maybe I would lean Buffalo, but both of these fan bases are going to show up. They're going to be happy, right? That Aunt Susie doesn't have to sit in the 32 degree weather or whatever it's going to be in Arrowhead this weekend, and they get to play in a dome in the South. Like I said, sign me up. But I do hear how important it is from you. It is very true. Yeah, because when you win that one seed, you're gonna want that same prize that every one seed in the past has gotten, and that's to be able to host yes. the game with a chance, with you know, with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. There's no better way to do sure. it. But this year, let's enjoy this this one time treat that we get. And again, but this is the thing for me, Stone. That's why I feel like it just has to happen, right? Like, I know there's Bengals fans out there who day. There's people that love Joe Burrow and LSU connection, him and Jamar Chase. It's fun. It's new. All of that. They'll have their chance. 
But I think all of the world, especially the sports world and especially football fans, want to see Chiefs Bills in a dome with a chance at a Super Bowl appearance on the line. I hear you loud and clear. And I think for all the pessimistic kind of negative people out there, right, when you see that these tickets are already being sold, they're being, they, they started selling Benz. these tickets last week. Two season ticket holders. Like for the, all those people out there who think the NFL is rigged, the NBA is rigged, Major yeah. League Baseball is rigged. I mean, here's your sign. I mean, take this one and run. They're already yeah. selling tickets to this game in Mercedes Benz. Like they're saying it's a Chiefs Bill showdown. Now, it is only for the season ticket yeah. holders, right? So you would get your money back. But still, they're offering it. Both of these teams are favored. The Chiefs almost by double digits. And that Buffalo Bills line is climbing, right? There's another sign from Vegas. When these two teams met up in, what was it, week 17 with the DeMar Hamlin situation? The Bills were favored by a singular point, just one. And here they are now, before kickoff on a Friday, talking about minus five and a half. I mean, the Bills are favored and are supposed to win this game. So I just think it's awfully funny, the uproar about, oh, my God, they're already selling tickets. We haven't even played this ball game yet. Take it as a sign, folks. You need to take it as a sign. And we're going to keep taking your Monday morning headlines. Here goes one from... Tyler Cannon on Twitter. Giants stun the Eagles. Giants stun the Eagles. There's more to the tweet, but I don't have enough time to read it. But that's the first headline he gives off. And Stone, can you give us quick odds on Giants stun the Eagles for a Monday morning headline? All right, this one's pretty easy, Theo. Yeah. I'm going to go with the uh, Giants money line. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Plus plus 268. I believe it's sitting at right now, and it's not going to budge, I don't think, especially with a day's notice. Not enough money's going to come pouring in on either side to move that line, per se, especially the money line. But Giants stun the Eagles. This one, though, is interesting. I want to put a line on this because in the same tweet from at Tyler underscore Cannon, DeMar Hamlin's entrance from the tunnel was all the motivation the Bills needed as they roll Cincinnati. Yeah. The line on DeMar Hamlin, either showing up at halftime, either walking out onto the field when they're announcing the player lineups, right? Yeah. The starting offense and the starting defense, right? There's going to be a 12th man on defense that they're going to announce. That would be my prediction. Yeah. Jamar Hamlin's going to show his face at He'll some point, there. whether it's a pregame speech in the locker room or a postgame speech in the locker room after the win. I got to think the money line there sitting at minus 800. Jamar Hamlin is going to show face eight to one. We're going to see it. It's at home. Yeah. It's the game that he was injured in, and it's a game that they need. Jamar Hamlin will be there. Uh, we're taking your calls. Monday morning headlines, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and Stone will put odds on them. And also, today is the one four-year anniversary of a play that I promise you, if you're a sports fan, you'll never be the same after watching this. And you know somebody personally in your life who will never forget this day, never forget where they were when they watched this or how they felt in the moment. They probably still have some animosity to this day. Again, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, your Monday morning headlines when we return on Ken LeVick Alive. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is ESPN 106.3. Quick snap. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Nikel Roby Coleman delivered a hit. And the two officials talk to each other. Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints' sideline. Well, if Mikel Roby Coleman plays the ball, it's an interception. It's probably going the other way with it. I mean, the ball's on the other side of Roby Coleman. and But that should have been a penalty. And, you, and John Payton is, is justifiably upset. 
Now, back to Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 106.3. The year was 2019. The stage was the NFC Championship game, and the play was Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints, to Tommy Lee Lewis, wide receiver, right hash about the five-yard line, game tied at 20, under two minutes to go, third down. The ball was kind of on target. It probably would have been picked off if the if it was played correctly and you heard that there on the Fox broadcast. Stone, you're shaking your head. You don't think so. Well, I'm, I don't know if you're justified to make that call. How do you know if it would have been picked off? Was he it Drew Brees' ball was perfectly placed on the outside or at least in the vicinity where, hey, that laundry should have been thrown or placed on the field. I'm just saying if 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 the D-back, um, and which was Nicole, Robbie Coleman made a play on the ball. He had a chance. Like he never looked back at the ball. Never looked back at the ball. Instead, he cleared Tommy Lee Lewis in what was an obvious pass interference. Right, everybody in the sta- stadium knew it was a pass interference. In fact, Nikhil Roby Coleman admitted after the game as well. He <laughs> thought a flag had got thrown. He thought the game was not called at that point, but he thought that he had committed pass interference, which would have gave the Saints the ball on the five yard line with a chance to go first and goal from the five and likely score a touchdown. Instead, no flag was called. Much to the chagrin of Saints fans everywhere, not Rams fans, the Saints settle for a field goal. They go up 23-20. Rams march the field. They score a field goal as well, send it in the overtime. They make another field goal, and the Rams, not the Saints, advance to the Super Bowl against the Patriots and lay an egg, which, again... Everything in the NFL <laughs> turns into whenever there's some kind of weird call, weird play, weird incident in the NFL, somehow Tom Brady ends up with a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, there's a, when it's all said and done for Tom Brady, whenever that'll be, there's going to be so many things that have happened for this guy to win a Super Bowl, right? I always say it all the time, right? It's not about your skill. It's not about your talent. It's all about timing and opportunity. And if you're in the place at the right time. Yeah. And for Tom Brady to walk into a Super Bowl against a really young Jared Goff and a oh, fresh Ram squad to a final score of what we were trying to discuss what it was. We don't like even necessarily 10-7 or like something 10-7 like that. 10 7 or yeah. it was like 3-0 at halftime. Like uh. Tom Brady getting a freebie. And this is a day after the anniversary of the Tuck Rule. So right on brand. Tuck Rule was yesterday. This today is four-year anniversary of the no call. The no call pass interference, which changed the rules in the NFL for the next year. They they then were able to review pass interference calls the next year, and then the year after that, they took it back away because it was wasting too much time and it was too much judgment call stuff. So it did change the landscape of the NFL just for a few seconds, though. Yeah, and one of my favorite things about you know topics like this or even discussing moments in the NFL that we remember is, and you hinted at it before we went to the break, was we all remember where we were. Oh, man. We all remember how we felt. We all remember how much money we lost on that singular play right there. And it, it affected us all. Like, that rule was changed. We were happy that it was changed. But I think if you weren't a Drew Brees fan, there's something wrong with you personally. Like, we all rooted for Drew Brees. And to see him not advance to the Super Bowl in a moment like that is yeah. devastating. The biggest crime of it all was we didn't get Drew Brees, Tom Brady exactly. in the Super Bowl. And that Saints team, and I, and I know it's easier to say in hindsight, but I feel like that Saints team goes in there and at least puts up 20 on the Pats. Like, they're definitely not laying an egg the same way the Rams did when they got to the stage. Yeah, they were the team with the most momentum. Drew yeah. Brees was playing some of the best ball in his career. That was prime Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Mike Michael Thomas, Thomas. was healthy. That was, oh my God. If you had Mike Thomas, Alvin Kamara, or Drew Brees in fantasy football that year, you were winning your league. 100%. That was a crazy offense that year. And if the Patriots wanted to play the same ball, not saying that they would have, right, if Drew Brees was across from Tom Brady. I yeah. always talk about teams getting up for the good ones and playing down to the bad ones. 
Drew Brees wins a Super Bowl. I think Drew Brees wins that Super Bowl, man. Yeah. That that was shaped up for the New Orleans Saints. They obviously had those two bad beats. That one and then the Minneapolis Minneapolis Miracle is what they called it. The yeah. Big touchdown. They had some bad playoff beats, and now it's 2023, and they're not making the playoffs. You know, that's their new thing. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with those New Orleans Saints. But, yeah, everybody has a Saints fan close, near, and dear to them that will never forget the pass interference. No call. Theo Dorsey in for Ken Levicka with Stone Labanowitz here, and we're taking your Monday morning headlines. We're talking about what headlines will you be seeing on Monday morning following the NFL's divisional round. We got four big games this weekend. Speaking of big games, when you want big plays made, when you want good things happening in your life, you're going to want to go to one place, and that's Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. We're taking your calls. Monday morning headlines following this round of the playoffs in the NFL. That's the big-time divisional rounds. Plus, we're also going to be talking about, again, Deion Sanders. Coach Prime does it again. Swings for the fences, and that man don't miss we do have to address that. Myself as a Canes fan and Stone Labanovitz as well, we're a little bit hurt. Carmine McClain headed to Boulder. That and more when we return on Ken Levick Alive. Ken's out. FAU basketball keeps winning, but we're in. We'll see you in the second hour on ESPN 106.3. Quick snap. Breeze. Passes incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Nikel Roby Coleman delivered a hit. And the two officials talk to each other. Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints sideline. Well, if Nikel Roby Coleman plays the ball, it's an interception. It's probably going the other way with it. I mean, the ball's on the other side of Roby Coleman, and but that should have been a penalty. And you, and John Payton is is justifiably upset. Now, back to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. The year was 2019. The stage was the NFC Championship game, and the play was Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints, to Tommy Lee Lewis, wide receiver, right hash about the five-yard line, game tied at 20, under two minutes to go, third down. The ball was kind of on target. It probably would have been picked off if the if it was played correctly. And you heard that there on the Fox broadcast. Stone, you're shaking your head. You don't think so? Well, I'm, I don't know if you're justified to make that call. How do you know if it would have been picked off? Was it Drew Brees' ball was perfectly placed on the outside, or at least in the vicinity where hey, that laundry should have been thrown or placed on the field. I'm just saying if 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 the D back um, and which was Nicole. Robbie Coleman made a play on the ball. He had a chance. Like he never looked back at the ball. Never looked back at the ball. Instead, he cleared Tommy Lee Lewis in what was an obvious pass interference. Right, everybody in the sta- stadium knew it was a pass interference. In fact, Nikel Roby Coleman admitted after the game as well. <laughs> he thought a flag had got thrown. He thought the game was not called at that point, but he thought that he had committed pass interference, which would have gave the Saints the ball 
on the five-yard line with a chance to go first and goal from the five and likely score a touchdown. Instead, no flag was called, much to the chagrin of Saints fans everywhere, not Rams fans. The Saints settle for a field goal. They go up 23-20. Rams march the field. They score a field goal as well, send it in the overtime. They make another field goal, and the Rams, not the Saints, advance to the Super Bowl against the Patriots and lay an egg, which, again, everything in the NFL (laughs) turns into, whenever there's some kind of weird call, weird play, weird incident in the NFL, somehow Tom Brady ends up with a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, When it's all said and done for Tom Brady, whenever that'll be, there's going to be so many things that have happened for this guy to win a Super Bowl. Right. I always say it all the time, right? It's not about your skill. It's not about your talent. It's all about timing and opportunity. And if you're in the place at the right time. Yeah. And for Tom Brady to walk into a Super Bowl against a really young Jared Goff and a oh, fresh Ram squad to a final score of what we were trying to discuss what it was. We don't like even necessarily 10-7 or like something 10-7 like that. 10 7. It yeah. was like 3 0 at halftime. Like uh. Tom Brady getting a freebie. And this is a day after the anniversary of the Tuck rule. So right on brand. Tuck rule was yesterday. This today is four-year anniversary of the no-call, the no-call pass interference, which changed the rules in the NFL for the next year. They they then were able to review pass interference calls the next year, and then the year after that they took it back away because it was wasting too much time and there was too much judgment call stuff. So it did change the landscape of the NFL just for a few seconds, Stone. Yeah, and one of my favorite things about you know topics like this or even discussing moments in the NFL that we remember is, and you hinted at it, before we went to the break, was we all remember where we were. Oh, man. We all remember how we felt. We all remember how much money we lost on that singular play right there. And it, it affected us all. Like, that rule was changed. We were happy that it was changed. But I think if you weren't a Drew Brees fan, there's something wrong with you personally. Like, we all rooted for Drew Brees. And to see him not advance to the Super Bowl in a moment like that is yeah. devastating. The biggest crime of it all was we didn't get Drew Brees, Tom Brady exactly. in the Super Bowl. And that Saints team, and I, and I know it's easier to say in hindsight, but I feel like that Saints team goes in there and at least puts up 20 on the Pats. Like, they're definitely not laying an egg the same way the Rams did when they got to the Saints. Yeah, they were the team with the most momentum. Drew yeah. Brees was playing some of the best ball in his career. That was prime Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Mike Michael Thomas, Thomas. was healthy. That was, oh my God. If you had Mike Thomas, Alvin Kamara, or Drew Brees in fantasy football that year, you were winning your league. 100%. That was a crazy offense that year. And if the Patriots wanted to play the same ball, not saying that they would have, right? If Drew Brees was across from Tom Brady, I yeah. always talk about teams getting up for the good ones and playing down to the bad ones. Drew Brees wins a Super Bowl. I think Drew Brees wins that Super Bowl, man. Yeah. That, that was shaped up for the New Orleans Saints. They obviously had those two bad beats, that one and then the Minneapolis Minneapolis Miracle is what they called it, the yeah. big touchdown. They had some bad playoff beats, and now it's 2023, and they're not making the playoffs. You know, that's their new thing. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with those New Orleans Saints. But, yeah, everybody has a Saints fan close, near, and dear to them that will never forget the pass interference. No call. Theo Dorsey in for Ken Levicka with Stone Labanowitz here, and we're taking your Monday morning headlines we're talking about what headlines will you be seeing on monday morning following the nfl's divisional round we got four big games this weekend speaking of big games when you want big plays made when you want good things happening in your life you're going to want to go to one place and that's baptist health orthopedic care are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and need to see an expert in the field 
Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. We're taking your calls. Monday morning headlines following this round of the playoffs in the NFL. That's the big time divisional rounds. Plus, we're also going to be talking about, again, Deion Sanders. Coach Prime does it again. Swings for the fences and that man don't miss we do have to address that. Myself as a Canes fan and Stone Labanovitz as well, we're a little bit hurt. Carmine McClain headed to Boulder. That and more when we return on Ken Levick Alive. Ken's out. FAU basketball keeps winning, but we're in. We'll see you in the second hour on ESPN 1063.